This is the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. Quick Bites. Welcome to another Pro Audio Suite Quick Bite. Thanks to Harlan Hogan's Portabooth Pro and Rode Microphones. George. How about gear? Any gear predictions for 2021? Or gear predictions. Gear predictions. I reckon. Like. Yeah, I reckon there's gear predictions. And I, I, because I'm just watching everybody, all these companies getting in heavily involved in plugins, but then building hardware to run the plugins. Well, you think SSL have got something up their sleeve, don't you? I reckon they have. PreSonus are really pushing hard at the moment as well. Yeah. Avid Carbon. yeah, Avid Carbon. Yep. There was just a live demo on, from my local dealer here. I didn't get to watch it, but uh, yeah, it's 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 um you know if that can trickle down to become accessible and affordable, is that a good thing for the voice actor? It's obviously a good thing for the produ- producer. Is is that good for the voiceover actor? Yeah, I I think the voiceover actors. I mean, I've always had the opinion that um, less is more. Um, yeah, me too. And I I honestly think that the whole Apollo thing is too much. Obviously, we, we're not down with all the processing anyways. Right. Um, and so, I think there is something to be said for, I don't know if I go all the way to the USB mic. I, I find that a bit too limiting. Um, I think that Apogee is a good company. And so, they probably put together, I've not heard the hype mic and those other ones, and it's probably very good. But it's not the first place I reach because um, I would, I don't know, I like XLR cables. But I, I don't think that all the routing and all these features are necessary in the voiceover side. I think less is more. So I don't know that any voiceover person needs something as like an Avid Carbon. But I do think that Avid Carbon is a very good answer to the whole Apollo thing. And it's interesting to see what they do with it. And really, if Avid, you know, where where Apollo's marketed themselves really well is the plugins and how good they sound. And they really do sound good. But if Avid can bring that clout to their DSP platform and have a line of plugins that have that same, like it just sounds like the actual piece of gear. I, I think they really have a winner with the car with the carbon um, box. It looks looks good. Looks thirty two bit price point wise four thousand. Yeah, so it's they what they don't have is like a a, a carbon twin. That's right. what they don't have. But you um, know what? Apollo didn't have an Apollo twin in its first year either. They had a rack-mounted, two-core, four-mic input unit. And I installed a couple. And how much were they? Knowing knowing full well we didn't need it. They weren't four grand, I'll tell you that. They were like maybe two grand, 1,500 maybe. Right. So well, I it's mean, spendy. Yeah, it is spendy. And and, it, and it's not for everybody, I, I don't think. I, yeah. I, I think it, it answers that that I need to have hardware DSP. I want to have all this predictable performance without worrying about my CPU and I want to um, run it in Pro Tools because the problem with UA and Pro Tools previously was that all those UA plugins and Pro Tools had a lot of latency because they weren't actual DSP plugins as far as Pro Tools was concerned. They were DSP on the UA, but that wasn't inside of Pro Tools. So now, really, I would argue that if if you assume that the plugins sound just as good, which I know many people are going to argue about that, but if you make that assumption then I think Avid Carbon has a better platform than if you're talking specifically about Pro Tools. And it's no surprise that you have something like Luna coming out from, from UA because now Luna is that DAW with their with their DSP stitched into it directly. Um, and yeah, it's, it's exciting to see the competition. Um, well, I've got another one for you. Sure. Microphones, modeling. 
bike modeling is happening for a while now. The Townsend Labs L Sphere L22 is the amazing. An, the antelope. It's happening. So I was going to bring up the antelope, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know that antelope makes a $1,300 USB mic? Yes. It's it's their, what? what is it? Their mid-level, it's like their mid-level, not stereo. Um, it's called the Edge Go. Yep. It is a studio and a microphone. And it's the, as they call it, the world's first smart USB mic that combines the ease and convenience of a digital mic with the flexibility and sound quality of an entire recording studio. And I what know- What I think is going to happen yeah. next year is the affordable version of this is going to trickle down and hopefully be made by Rode or Apogee or some other much bigger, better supported company than Antelope. Because I like Antelope's innovations. They have unbelievable innovations. I mean, their stuff is, it's really next level. Like their stuff is like a year to two years ahead of everybody else in terms of innovation. But they're just a really tiny, tiny company, I believe in Bulgaria, who has a hell of a time getting stuff fixed for people when they need it. You know, support is a big problem. And that's a shame. You know, it's like if they can get that, if they can amp up that support layer and have better support for their repair techs. I happen to personally know the guy in the U.S. that fixes anything for Antelope Audio. All of it. <laughs> All of it. <laughs> and he's like, if anything goes wrong, I have to wait for a board to get shipped from Bulgaria. That's all I can do. This but, is, I think this is another future prediction. I think these these modeling mics that are just all-in-one USB are going to become affordable and more widespread. Um, I, I, I do know of, similarly, we talked about the Apogee being used by like a major company and sending right. out kits. I, I do know that another company went with Antelope. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And and, and so, I think they, know, have kind of, they, kind of, they, they have one in like the $600 range too that does some modeling, don't they? I believe it. it interestingly, you know, I stumbled on the, the $1,300 one. I was looking for their USB mic. Maybe they have a cheaper one that's also USB? I think they do. I don't know. I, but, I, um, I think they do because I think it's it's a question of if it's dual diaphragm or single diaphragm and they have a single diaphragm right. model or that's kind of like the slate whereas right. the, the Townsend is dual diaphragm and really can truly properly model because of that. Right. Um, well, I mean, I think we've proven at this point that we can miniaturize and make a mic preamp and an AD converter and a headphone monitoring output and all that stuff can go in a mic. I mean, that is not really a problem anymore. The, the problem is, is it something you want to use and is it not a pain in the ass to use because it's everything's so miniaturized? Well, I have, so, a, I have a question know. about A to D's being in microphones. And so you think about it, everyone questions the USB mic preamp. Can it be that good? Maybe not because of the power source, right? Right. But then how did Neumann do their digital mic that spits out AES directly? It's powered over the AES cable. Is it? And then that is plugged into a power supply. Yeah. Okay. So it does have a proper power supply. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. pretty proprietary. So maybe. But that really was the first Neumann, you know, digital mic. Now the current digital mic from Neumann isn't really Neumann. It's Sennheiser. It's called the MK4 Digital. And it's basically an MK4, which is actually really good mic. Um, I call it the Junior TLM-103. I mean, it's really, really similar sounding. <laughs> And then it has a USB plug on the bottom and the innards are made by Apogee. So you're basically buying an Apogee USB mic, but with a Sennheiser capsule. And that's the MK4. And you know, and what's the price point of that? That's a lot of money. $400 is a lot of money for a USB mic that has no monitoring. 
It has absolutely no internal monitoring. That's the flaw. Right? Yeah, you need yeah. that. So there's a there's an intersection between that four hundred dollar mic and the you know this um, antelope. Whatever it's going to be, I think it's going to come next year. You got to have monitoring on a USB mic because if you don't, you have no option to bring your own monitoring to it. It's got right. one output, which is guaranteed to have latency on it because it's USB. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that's I thought that would be something interesting to see. Mm. Yeah, it is, it is interesting, you know, Rode, what, what will Rode do? <laughs> Certainly targeting and have been for ages, podcasting and, and vlogging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which, which is not so wrapped up in modeling this and that, like, you know. Right. They're obviously designing gear for idiot-proof t- technology is what they've, they're working on. And is that why you have so much of it? microphones that work in room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good on your rubber. <laughs> Technology, yeah. let's, let's call it technology for dummies, shall we? Yeah. And also for not very pleasant actors. environments. <laughs> well, dummies. Yeah. I said that. Technology yeah. for actors. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dummies. I said that. Yeah, that's no right. offense. It goes half the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, people that are doing it, and this goes full circle. The whole idea that the actor doesn't have to split their brain into a separate chunk to engineer what they're doing and take that away from the acting and go back to being actors is the key. That's, and that's, what's going to allow being at working from home in a home studio that last to me, the the final barrier to, to go away. Um, If it's set up correctly, you know where the mic is and soundproofed and it's ventilated. If they don't have to know what their gain setting is as easy as it is to us, but still they don't have to worry about it. They don't have to worry about it. And if they don't have to worry about it, they can act better. Right. It's just a no-brainer. The whole point is to make if it you as think much as possible like it, it was. <laughs> you guys said the same thing, just slightly That's delayed right. for me, Joe. Yeah. Yep. Go, Andrew. Yeah, if it was a, like, you, you can probably remember how difficult it used to be to set up and be able to record yourself at home. And if you didn't know what you were doing, it was almost impossible. But now everything's become so much more simplified with USB interfaces and intelligent gear well there's one other thing that's going to make things easier for actors and that is going to be equipment that can set the game correctly automatically for you and companies have dabbled with it um over the years the only thing i've seen that i've hand that i've seen demonstrated and tested and shown that it works is from this obscure german company called yellow tech um yep they're probably best known for making the mic boom arms that come inside the uh studio bricks booths nowadays um but, you know, they make those super sexy silver mic arms now you see on every podcast. Yep. And they make um, the puck. The cost they of make fortune, the puck, right? the PUC, and they make one that has DSP on board, which has a magic trick, which is it instant, well, almost instantly, mic, milliseconds quickly can adjust the input gain on the preamp based on the parameters that you set. So it's not AGC. It's just extremely, extremely smart gain control. And um, it's extremely rapid and extremely transparent. So it's a, it's a compressor. I was going to say it's almost compression. Yeah. Well, it's almost compression, and then it's and but it's not because it's it's literally adjusting the preamp's gain. You know, so you cannot clip the mic. It's absolutely unless you clip the capsule. But other than that, you can't clip this mic. And they make one that's a handheld interviewer's mic, like a reporter mic that has the recorder and this this function built in. So you hand it to anybody, have them punch the record button on the bike, and they cannot screw it up. 
It's it is it is a really amazing technology, but it's a thousand dollars. Did you ever look at the mic limb feature in the Aphex preamps? No, no, I haven't. But it, that that I no, I haven't. It's interesting. It's the same thing. You can't clip it because somehow it has a feedback loop on the gain of the microphone. And but it no matter what, when you do this gain playing around with the gain, you're gonna change the waveform. It call it, market it how you want, it's still compression. Mm-hmm. But it's compression that you can set the exact parameters on on the hard at the hardware level. Like you can say, do not dip more than 10 decibels and do not return to original gain. You know, you can set all the parameters. So it's really like it's it's pretty it's pretty next level. I mean, yeah, yeah it it is behaving or the I guess the end result is like a really well designed compressor or really properly set up compressor, but it can do this over really, really wide ranges of gain. I mean, the guy demonstrated it speaking at like almost a whisper to almost shouting. And the thing, when you listen to it back, it's almost leveled. It just doesn't even make sense how well it does it. It's, it's pretty mm. amazing stuff. I saw a video last night on YouTube, another one of these, you know, I don't know who he is, voiceover experts telling voiceover artists that they should put a limiter over uh-huh. their recordings before they normalize in a digital Yikes. day and age. Do we need either? <laughs> you know, do we need it? Just leave it, leave it alone. Um, and and I, I guess even, I mean, that sounds great, the automatic game, but do we need it? It's so funny because it's always like set your level and be conservative with it because you're recording 24 bit and there's a lot of resolution there and you don't need to be getting up to the yeah. edge. And you have 140, was it 144 decibels? 144 decibels of range. With? And now actually going back to that Avid Carbon, they put a 32-bit A to D converter on that thing. Jeez. So it's uh-huh. like- So setting gain is so 2020. <laughs> well, I, I'm not saying don't set your gain, but but just yeah. be be conservative about it and and let the technology work for you. Um, and, and you're going to, yeah. you're going to be okay. Yeah. Please don't normalize your voiceover files. Just, can I just put that out there? I got one this week, someone had normalized and I just went, why, why, why just leave it alone? Because, because then you went into clip gain and pro tools and lowered it. Right. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, just leave, it. <laughs> it's like, leave it alone. But what about Evo? Doesn't the Evo do a similar thing where oh, you Evo give it a sample? Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you mentioned that. I almost forgot about it. Um, yeah. A year ago, this thing came out. It was really cool. It's doing it one time. It's an initial setting. Who, who makes and this? Maybe that's, maybe that's perfect. The Audient Evo 4. Yeah. Oh. Maybe that is actually the right solution, right? Because all the actor does is read some of the loudest passage of their script or do a- That's good. Know, the sound of an orc. And, and the thing is sitting there listening going, okay, he's peaking about minus- 11, let me put the gain right here. And then when it's finished analyzing, you're set your gain. Boom. There you go. Um, and it yeah. does not change after that. It is a fixed setting. It's not varying. So you're, you're probably right, Andrew. That's that's really the solution. Hearing what you're saying, I hear a, a friend of mine who's also an audio engineer got a file the other day and he, he could hear, when he listened to the file incomplete, you could hear the, the room noise getting louder and softer and louder and softer, but it was one complete yeah. file. So he rang the right. voiceover artist and said, look, thanks for your file, but what have you done to it? And they went, and, and this person went, I, 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 I highlighted the, the lower spot, the softer spots, and I normalized that. And then I highlighted the louder spots, and I normalized that. So they'd been through and normalized all individual louder and softer no. bits. 
And so that thing was just oh, all over no. the place. And it's like when you're talking about automatic gain, that's what I hear is just things halfway through a read jumping louder and softer. Going and, all over the place. Yeah, all that, yeah. all, all, all oh, over yeah. the place. We, always, we all have AGC, uh, bad, bad AGC memories. Yes. <laughs> of, the, yeah. of the video cameras, the release on the uh, AGC on the camera being about 10 seconds. Yeah, it's like... Mm, <laughs> and then he went in the loud and then volume comes back yeah. eventually. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. The other thing we didn't mention too, which is uh, uh, from Rode, was their video mic NTG, which gives the option to record one one um, channel Two as a normal setting and then the second channel yeah. uh, down by 20 dB or something. Huh. Nice. That's brilliant. the old. That's, well, that's, that's, that's an old it's one. It's not new, yeah. but it's the fact that it's just built in mm. is brilliant. So if you clip, right. then you've got a safety. Right. And the MicPort Pro 2 yeah. as well from Source Connect. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <Edit>. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, that's spreading their wings. Wow. Tell you what. Diversification. We have gotten big. <laughs> really have. We're buying everybody. Yeah. <laughs> the MicPort Pro 2 from uh, Centrance has that trick as well. Um, it has a, yeah, right. a safety yeah. track well, in a single mic preamp, little tiny wand-sized thingamabob. So, and the Tascam interfaces um, have the cool. same thing. The Tascam interfaces that are designed to clip right up on the shoe of a DSLR camera, oh, yeah. they, they have that feature. The DR whatever uh, it is. That one, yep. DR70 or something. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. There's, so these things need to trickle down into the interface for the actor that is become will become commonplace. Um I, I just, I can't teach enough people how to set their gain. It's, it's literally every single day. They just, it's, it's just conceptually not something that they just can grasp until it's been taught to them. And it, okay. I'm not saying they shouldn't learn it. You should have some basic engineering. I've, I've, document, I've got a product. It's just a mechanical, it can, mechanical thing that can grab any knob and it's mm -hmm. got an XLR input with a split cable and you plug the output of the preamp into the input of your split and you attach this thing to the knob and you press a button. What happens? And and you say your loudest line and it sets the gain. <laughs> well, there you go. That's pretty cool. Yeah. See, that'd be, that's fine with me. I, that, <laughs> in fact, that would be perfect, wouldn't it? You know, it's like, okay, every time I get a file from someone, the gain's always spot on because they've, you know, the, they've the only problem is this because every actor does this. They, you're like, okay, read me the loudest line. They read the loudest line, and then when they get into the script, it's louder than that because <laughs> they, yeah, they're really yeah, getting into right. it, yeah, you yeah. know? Yeah. Or the client goes, can you give that line a bit more gusto or something? Yeah. Right. It's like, so set your preamp and then still set it lower. Yes. <laughs> a mate of mine was sending out road cases for, for podcasting, I think, and he bought uh, three or four of them to send out to actors. And I can't remember, it wasn't a Zoom, it was something else. It was I know it was really expensive. Um, uh, sound devices. But he loves it because, yeah, sound devices. Yeah. And it, because it would run at th uh, 320. 320 kilobits? 32-bit floating. Yeah, so it's oh, floating. okay, yeah. Yep. Uh, so if, if they were too hot doing the session, he could just pull the thing down and it was perfect. Yeah, as long as you don't clip the actual preamp. Yeah. Because I, I think what you're talking about is like a 32-bit A, a to D that converts with the decimal place so you can move it about. Yeah, I mean, digitally, we have the dynamic range, no problem. It's the analog end, just making sure you never clip that preamp or the, clip the AD yep. converter, for that matter. Right, but but as yep. usual, like I repeat myself, like just stay away. Stay away from that red line. And yeah, exactly. give yourself more room. I've seen video game companies telling the actors, peak at around minus 18. 
that's actually becoming kind of a standard. Sure. I, I can see that with video game companies because the, again, give me your loudest line and then you do it and it's not really the loudest line. And then when you're talking about video games, the dynamic range of that compared to e-learning is gigantic. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Imagine, imagine doing an e-learning portal yeah. <laughs> or module. <laughs> like Unless you're doing e-learning thing. about game characters. Right. <laughs> now we'll do the orc. That's right. <laughs> right. Now we'll do a fairy. Yeah. It's, Someone said uh, I, I, I've had on. to record yeah. Cookie Monster, and it's like <laughs> Cookie. It's like Jesus Christ. Love it. Twenty twenty one. Bring it on, baby. This show was mixed by Voodoo Radio Imaging, edited by Andrew Peters, using Rode microphones and Source Connect Now tech support from George the Tech Whitam, and supported by Harlan Hogan's VoiceOverEssentials.com, the home of the Portabooth Pro. You're in for trouble.